Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties VO101. The goal of this series has been to provide current and credible information to folks who are newer to the voiceover industry and want to learn more from pros who know. Each week, we've had a new topic geared towards brand new or newer talent in the industry and occasionally a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. If you've missed any of these, you can hear all of the replays of these events as a podcast at boothbesties.com, on YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. But not to worry, we are still providing great content and interviews on Monday nights through August, and then we'll make an announcement on some changes after that. Speaking of staying current on all things VOBB, have you joined our weekly email list? Swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, join us there too. All right. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it in the chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. Now let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Thank you very much. Well, for the last 10 years, this Emmy and Sovas and One Voice award-winning actor and co-founder, Bridget Reel, has cultivated her career from mere aspiration to thriving voiceover business. If there's one thing this transient talker has learned in her short tenure in the industry, it's that building genuine, trustworthy relationships through authenticity is the secret sauce for a successful career in voiceover. And that was a lot of S's, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, probably why she adores the VO Booth Besties. Bridget also loves paying it forward and has presented at industry conferences and retreats. As both a voiceover artist and mentor, she regularly shares her knowledge with the VO community from veterans to beginners, helping them understand and navigate the creative world of networking. Welcome, Bridget. Hi, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Where are you joining us from? Copenhagen, Denmark. This is where I'm currently living. Outstanding. And what time is it there? It is 7.02 p.m. All right. Well, we've got a great group joining us and more on the way. So let's get started. Um, Yeah, clearly your bio. You've been around. You've taught. (laughs) trained. You made me realize I might have to shorten that bio a little bit. (laughs) You know, I have to admit, I did um, I did the all of the graphics for the Wovo conference. And when I would ask people for bios, there's people that don't know how to write bios. So if you ever want to offer a class on how to really go <laughs> okay. cut it down and full make trans- size. Full transparency on that. Um, it was it was longer because a lot of times they want you to like give more information. Yeah. Um, but I run absolutely everything I write past Lynn. Oh. Like Lynn Norris is like, <laughs> yeah. if I write something, it's like, I'm always like, does this sound okay? Does this? And she inevitably like chops it up, you know, and throws it back out to me, like way shorter and way better sounding. So you know. I, I too am the QCer of, of emails and, and posts for folks too. Cause it is, you, anyway, it helps to be concise and to the point. So all that to say, You've done it all. We 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 know it. Um, you have you are a vetted industry pro. You're a working wow. pro. And today we're basically breaking down our well, we're breaking our VO 101 series into a mini course that goes over all of our previous topics with the goal of giving you a path to follow and one place to come back to as a reference for that path. You can listen to our previous episodes as you're ready for that next step. So JT. Let's get into it. All right. Well, welcome officially to VO Booth Besties, Bridget. Um, Thanks. It seems fitting that you're the final guest of this 101 series because nine times out of 10, when somebody asks me, how do I get started in voiceover? I refer them to your succinctly and pragmatically (laughs) worded article that answers that question. And that's you mean my my, my angry rant that happened during COVID? Because that's exactly (laughs) what that was. I didn't think it sounded angry. I think it's just no. very matter of fact and to the point and very real. Impassioned. It yeah. was, well, it, you know, it fits with the brand. Um, I was 
I will say it was more impassioned than anything else. I At that time, I had a number of friends from high school who, you know, during COVID pandemic, people were in a panic. And uh, so I had a lot of people who were like, hey, you know, I, I would love to get into voiceover. And I'm like, cool. And then I had one woman who I went to like middle school and high school with, and she was like, yeah, my husband's really good at this. He, he thinks he wants to get into it. He's, or he, he's got a good voice. He, he kind of wants to get into it. And I was like, okay. And I think at that point I had had three people in the course of a week hit me up with the exact same thing. And I was like, okay. So I wrote her this response and was like, these are all the things you're going to have to do. And then I initiated that writing that post as a like, you know, like, bleep, 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 you know, kind of post like, and then I was like, took a breath, calmed down and started to type. And it was going to just be a quick little like one or two sentence thing and turned into <laughs> that post, which has now been pinned to the top of my, my Facebook profile. So it fits just right with what we're digging into today. So, Good. um, Okay, I'm jumping in. Go ahead. So Please. Part of this, sorry, sorry, I'm 30 things at once. So as part of the passionate not rant, um, what is the first thing you ask someone to consider when they say, you know, they've been told they have a good voice and they're like, I want to be in voiceover. What's that start of that conversation look like? Are you ready to open a small business? That's exactly the first thing I tell them. The, the minute you are willing to dip your toe into the world of voiceover, you are not getting into voiceover. You are opening a small business. So it's the very first thing I ask people. And then I usually say, you know, like we all, you know, a lot of us like a, a good cup of coffee in the morning, but opening a coffee shop is not as simple as breaking out your Nespresso machine. So there's a lot more that goes into opening a coffee shop. And it's the same thing with voiceover. There's a lot more that goes into it than just having a voice and having a microphone. And um, so that's, that's always the first thing I ask people. So how do you, with that line of thinking, how do you, gosh, break this um, facade? I'm not trying to think, I'm trying to think of the right word. People get on the internet and they're seeing YouTube videos and they're seeing advertisements, you know, that just make it so simple. Um, I just, I just need a closet. I just need a microphone. I just need a script. And then somehow that just equals money. <laughs> right. right. So right. how do you, uh, to me, you're right. It is a business, but on a whole, I'm using the big, we have allowed it to make voiceover almost seem like it doesn't even need to be a business. Like I can just make money and it can be a hobby. Why do I have to make it a business? I mean, I guess the way that I sort of, I guess, you know, demystify it is, is probably the, the way I think about it is like demystifying it. Um, and it's, it, to me, I just kind of, I explain to people that first off, it is going to take an investment. And, you know, because especially when I wrote that, you know, it was the middle of the pandemic. People were, you know, losing their jobs or, you know, um, not, they had job security was terrifying. So a lot of people, were looking for something that they could do from home. And especially voiceover looked like the easy thing. I can do it from my closet. I can do it in my jammies. I can, you know, order a microphone on Amazon and I'm good to go. And I wanted to tell people that it's a, you have, there are thousands of us. While, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, before you ever got into voiceover, you probably didn't meet any other voice actors, unless maybe you were in like, LA or New York, right? But like, for the most part, you don't meet voice actors on the street, you know, um, until you get into the community. And then you realize like, there's like 3000 of us little leprechauns running around. So um, I would, you know, tell people that it it's gonna, there's so many of us, and the competition is steep. And so you have to be prepared, you know, and it's gonna take an investment. There are no shortcuts. There are no, um, it, it, you, you, your passion is going to take you far, but it's not going to take you the whole way. And it's going to take a whole lot of legwork and you need to be prepared that a lot of what you're going to be doing is prepping and auditioning and this and that, you know, like it's going to be all of the, the legwork behind and the work is going to be slow to drip in at first. 
um, if you're fortunate and, you know, maybe you come from an area where you've got a good warm market or you've got a good, um, you just happen to be very good with auditioning or whatever, or, you know, you've got that perfect sound that everybody wants in the moment that you can start to, to generate some, some business and some leads for yourself. But for the most part, for the vast majority of us, it is that 80% hustle and 20% work, you know, and it will start to build up. And I think when you get realistic with people about that, about the fact that it will build up slowly, but again, it's going to take you years. Like it's going to, even people who come from radio, there's a bunch of people that come in from radio and they're like, I've been working on a microphone for decades. Why am I not, you know, why am I not booking national commercials? Why am I not booking like instantly? And you're like, you know, and you go, well, because there are so many of us and there are so many people who have established things in, you know, the, the, uh, in the industry and it's its own industry, you know, in radio is not voiceover. So I just, you know, I guess, the longest story ever, the TLDR version of what I just, you know, was trying to get to my point here, um, is really pushing the point that it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It, it, it takes time and it takes patience and it takes perseverance and it takes getting up when you do not feel like getting the hell up and doing it and getting in there and doing it. And sounding so. like you feel like getting in there and doing it when you don't. Right? <laughs> right? Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. And I don't think there's room to take your foot off the gas at any point. There isn't. I mean, short of, you know, you've created, you know, you, you've you've done the coaching, you've gotten the, the demos, you've, you know, set up the website, you've got the, you have a knowledge of how to um, uh, charge for the jobs and things like that. You know, you understand rates and all of that other stuff, like, and then some sort of personal you know, crisis comes in and you have to take a little bit of a break. It, it There is no taking the foot off the gas. And honestly, once you actually build up your, your career and you've got like a solid clientele and you've got representation and you're getting the auditions and, you know, like you're kind of all over the place doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like that's when it kicks into high gear and you really can't take your foot off the gas then. You know, like once you start getting those return clients and once you start building that up, you know, more than ever, people uh, are going to be depending on you and they're going to be looking for you. And that's when you can't, you know, um, take that foot off the gas. And there you have it, folks. There's, <laughs> there's the, the long and short of it. The reality check. <laughs> the reality check. <laughs> <laughs> but um so let's let's kind of start at the beginning and talk through the things that people need to do, kind of the order that they need to do them. And I'm I'm following the order of uh, the 101 series here. Cool. So the first thing we talked about was coaching, necessary evil, you know, especially when you when you're coming from a background like you're an actor or you you were in radio for for a decade voiceover is a different animal. So yeah, I, the coach is necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the cool thing is there's a lot of resources out there where you can get foundational information and foundational education. Um, am I allowed to name places? Yeah, can absolutely. I, can I, I assume I'm allowed. Okay, cool. Cause you know, it is the VO 101 journey. Um, one of my favorite things that came out not too long ago um, was Tina Marasco's The Library. I freaking love that thing. It's great. Um, she's, I mean, if you don't know who Tina Marasco is, please crawl out from under that rock of yourself, of yours, and, you know, like, welcome into the light because she's Sound and Fury casting director. She's been an on-camera actor for decades. She's amazing, and she's just an amazing, amazing person. Um, super, super friendly. And she created the library because that woman is booked out like four to six months, you know, so getting a, a lesson with her. I've had one lesson with her and um, it, I, it, I mean, it was like four months later, I think it was like three, four months later, something like that. 
But so she created the library, which is this series of short videos that you can watch that give all of her foundational, uh, you know, lessons. So that when you do get into, you know, your lesson with her, it's like if you've watched what she has to say and you've listened to her, you know, what she has to say, then like you can jump in and she can go through and like she'll pull down all of your Sound and Fury auditions. That I, that woman's storage is off the charts. Let's just say that because the fact that she can go in and grab your auditions from years ago, which she did, she grabbed a whole bunch of my auditions and then we like went through and, and we did that. So that was awesome. Um, also in the foundational piece, Gravy for the Brain, they've got awesome lessons that are just like a, fa- a great library of lessons. They've got like over 600 hours worth of, you know, lessons in there um, on everything under the sun. Uh, ever, I mean, everything from genre stuff to business related things to tech support and things like that. Who else would I say? Um, the Livo Takeover group. Is, I mean, we all love, we all love John Ciano and his group, right? Like, those workouts are fantastic because they pull in so many people doing so many different things. And it's an, a, a very affordable way to get in on some great workouts um, and, and get your hands on some copy and listen to other people. So, um, you know, so if you're going to do if you're like, I need to get the most bang for my buck, you know, doing those kinds of things can be really beneficial. Tennessee Voiceover Studios uh, just launched yes. their their coaching stuff online too, so that's another really good resource. Oh, Atlanta Voiceover Studio! If you're in Atlanta, uh, Heidi Rue and Mike Stout they do um, they have classes all the time at the Atlanta Voiceover Studio. Which, if you've ever been to that place, is freaking bonkers. That place is amazing looking. So, highly, highly recommend. So, oh, thanks, Jim, for shouting me out for what's coming up on Live O Takeover. I'll be doing medical narration. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so, all right. So we've, we've done some coaching. We're kind of figuring it out, figuring out how to act, how to analyze a script, all the things. But now I got to spend some money, right? I, I probably need to look at a space. I probably need to look at equipment. I probably need to look at some tech, some software. Talk to us about that. What do you tell Ooh. folks? Like, what is my, do I need a budget? I can't just go for broke, right? <laughs> right, right. And I, and I'm kind of in a unique situation where like, I'm, I'm, I'm like the ultimate transient voice actor, right? So like I move every three to four years and, um, which I know, you know, Jen and I kind of share that. So <laughs> we're moving well, all the time. You, why don't so you talk I have about to be able- that just really quick. Just go ahead down that path for a second that, voiceover is unique and that you really can do it from anywhere, but you can't just go for it either. Right. Right. It is a place you do. You do. And actually my, um, I spent the first year of my, my existence doing it. I what I would say the wrong way, which was a lot of YouTube research and not doing any coaching and, you know, kind of winging it. I was fortunate that I worked at School of Rock at the time. So the manager at School of Rock, like he gave me a crash course on audio engineering because he studied music and at Berkeley Music and he was awesome at that. So he gave me the crash course. But um, after a year, I got, you know, I yanked into the uh, the wonderful world of of uh the inside of the, the voiceover industry and that was wonderful but then that was when we moved to Rome so i had a small closet in the basement of my townhouse in maryland and then when we moved to rome uh i we had a, a an apartment on the third floor of an apartment building it was all marble floors and i turned and it was like the building was right on a major road. So I had to get really creative. So my first like booth booth other than a walk-in closet was an industrial size refrigerator crate. The embassy had an industrial size refrigerator and they brought over the refrigerator crate and they got one of those like elevator like lift things and brought it up to my balcony and brought it inside. And I lined the inside and outside with like bass traps and acoustic foam and all this, you know, stuff. And I put like pillows on top of it and I put um, moving blankets underneath it because it was on like um, pallet feet. And yeah, so I got real creative. Um, my husband even like wired up a monitor to on the inside of it. Um, so yeah, 
When we moved to Portugal four years later, I actually had a room that I could convert to a studio. Um, and then I decided to go with Vocal Booth to go. I love me some Vocal Booth to go. I have two Vomos. One of them is actually in my booth right now, and I use it every single day. It's what I record out of. Um, and then the other one is in the U.S. at my son's house, and he just sends it wherever I am in the U.S. when I'm on the road. Um, but Vocal Booth to go has been an absolute game changer. So I have the Vomo, and I have their uh, acoustic blankets, and I have their um, uh, cloud panels. The sorry, their their acoustic panels. So they've got these industrial size uh, felt that are like they're two and a half, three inch. And I had them make cloud panels and then they, um, I had them print out the sky on my panel. So they actually hang from the ceiling. They're my clouds. So if you walk into my booth, you look up, there's the sky with clouds. It's kind of cool. Um, and, um, and when I came back, when we moved from Portugal to Denmark this past year, this last year, uh, last summer, I bought some of their, their tri-booth, um, not tri-booth, their, the, like one of these stands with like a bunch of their acoustic blankets. And I created something in a closet in my brother's house in uh, St. Michael's. So yeah, a uh, big fan of that. So, and, and actually I've gotten just this past weekend. I'm sorry. I, I talk a lot. I, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. <laughs> I'm like, we're on zoom as well. So I'm like looking at these two as I ramble and I think they're like going to sleep on me. <laughs> um, but I use, um, I go to Ikea and I create, I have a, uh, these Japanese like room divider screens. And then Ikea recently came up with those office dividers. They're like felt office dividers. So I still have my, my like Japanese room divider screens. And in between them, I have these um, acoustic foam, like long wall size acoustic foam. And I basically built a double wall for myself just over the weekend. I added the, the felt um, office divider things. So, and then inside of that, I've got the vocal booth to go and some acoustic foam and bass traps. And then I got the thing hanging over. So it's great. But anyway, and it's less than 500 pounds. So I can move a lot. So with that, like I said, so, so you've moved, you can do it from anywhere. There are opportunities yes. to, yeah, kind of build your own studio or have a space. But when we talk about, so folks have done their coaching and they've built their space. What do you tell folks they should expect to be spending? Like coming straight, you know, coming in. Because, like I said, some people just lay down the credit card, haven't booked a job, yeah. have no idea, you know, what they're about to get into. And, like you said, before you start any of this, you have to look at it as a business. So, yeah, there does mean there needs to be an investment, but you also want to see an ROI and then be able to expand on that investment. So, can you speak to that? So, um, let me think here. When the first part of that question was, how much do I tell people they should expect to spend? anywhere be t between 10 to 20 grand. Don't be surprised. You know, if you're being really super frugal, you can do it, you know, probably, um, you know, 10 grand. Um, but realistically, uh, you should be expecting to pay like 20 grand on things. Um, because between the microphone, the interface, the software, uh, the equipment to set up the actual booth itself, like, you know, whether you're doing, a, if, you know, some people get a studio bricks or a whisper room. Some people create DIY panels. Like I watched uh, Tim Tippett's uh, videos on YouTube to how to make acoustic panels. And in this room that I'm currently in and in Portugal, we had, a, I, we actually built a whole bunch of these um, acoustic panels. This is before I discovered the vocal booth to go ones. Uh, but I love my, my, my wood ones that, um, Tim Tippett's has on YouTube. Look him up, by the way. Tim Tippett's is amazing. Um, getting the wood and the, uh, the what do they call, rock wool and all of that. Um, and then the memberships on online casting sites and um, your uh, accounting software and everything. Like, it adds up, you know? Like, don't be surprised when you're spending you know, 10 to 20 grand, you know, just off the top. And then once you spend that money, then as you make money, you're going to be just reinvesting that money into your, um, your business all over again. You're going to do that for a while. If you're smart, like, you know, obviously put money aside for taxes, but 
Um, and keep receipts for everything. Keep receipts for absolutely everything, including tea and honey, by the way. Those are, you can write those things off on taxes. Anything that you use for your business. Um, I mean, shoot, I write off my hair color because it's part of my brand. So, um, so yeah, you can expect to, to pay a lot of money there. Um, oh, okay, I'm going to try and get this right because I never, ever get this right. The return on investment calculation. Lynn, <laughs> I never get this right. Okay. The return on investment calculation. Let's see if I can do this right. You take the current value of something, right? Whatever something is currently worth. And then you subtract from it what you spent. So the original cost. And then you divide that by the original cost. I think I did that right. And that is your return on investment. You should do that with abso-freaking-lutely everything you ever spend money on anytime, whether it is coaching, whether it is software, whether it is an online casting site, every, every quarter, every six months or so, you should be doing the return on investment calculation. Take the current value of something, subtract the original cost, however much you spent on it, and then divide it by however much you spent. So if we're talking about, in the case of, of like, say, software, uh, an online casting site, if you want to figure out how, if it's worth the money that you've put into it, look at all the jobs that you've booked, add them up. That's the current value of it. Subtract how much you spent on uh, the online casting site and then divide it by the online casting site, or the, the cost of the online casting site. And that'll tell you, like, did I make money on it? Did I, how much money did I make on my money? or on my investment. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it worth it? I think that that leads us right into the next step on our path is where do we find places to make money? Whew, where do you not find places to make money? <laughs> um, I think that's the, you got to think creatively. Um, ev everywhere. Everywhere is an opportunity. And I'm going to use yesterday when I was, uh, every month, I run the Beginner's Roundtable on Gravy for the Brain. And I had someone yesterday who told the story of um, she was in the dentist's chair and the dentist happened to look at, you know, her file and saw voice actor as her occupation and was like, you're a voice actor? And she's like, mm -hmm, you know, mouth open and everything. And he was like, so you do voiceover work? Uh-huh. And she's thinking to herself, not now, I'm not doing it for you. And he was like, well, I'm doing, I have this job that I am working on, actually, this uh, CGI job. And he said, I need somebody who can, um, who can voice, you know, the CGI job. Would you be interested? And she was like, yep. And so after they, after her appointment, they set something up and she got a job out of that. So there's never a shortage of places where you can get a job. But let's go down the traditional path. Um, okay. The one that uh, I think everybody well, let's start, let's start close to home, your warm market. Okay. Um, look at your warm market. So look at like the local businesses in your area. Look at if you know anybody in your family who has a business, then, you know, you can offer to do explainer videos for them, or you can offer to do telephony for them or something like that. Like uh, local businesses are always looking for that sort of thing. So you know, make yourself known. Um, your chamber, your local chamber of commerce is a great place to look for things. Then obviously one place where a lot of people get their started places like ACX or, um, or online casting sites. Be careful about which online casting sites you go to and be aware of what they're asking for. Um, I know a big hot topic uh, that has, you know, come up is, you know, a lot of the online casting sites, there's a ton of job for AI TTS kind of stuff. And so, um, and I know, thank goodness for Tim and Karen and Nava, they've got that rider and they've really got everybody, you know, all of the online casting sites claim that they are, you know, really trying to protect voice actors in their best interest. Um, but know what you're reading. Like, I wasn't even aware yesterday there was a post that somebody put up. Uh, Stephanie Nemeth Parker actually put up a thing, a, a post yesterday that, you know, oh, you know, V123 said they're not going to allow these AI jobs to come through. And these job, you know, these people are like throwing them in there anyway. Like they're, they're, get, they're figuring a way to get around it. And 
So read the specs. Um, social media. Social media is a great place to to find work. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a wonderful place to to do some lead generation and to connect with potential uh, online cast or not online casting. Um, ad agencies, creative directors, multimedia design people, e-learning companies, things like that. Like wonder, it's a wonderful source of information, an incredible source of information. When you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, go follow them on Instagram, go follow them, you know, on uh, any place where they have a listing, you know, um, on YouTube, on uh, Vimeo, whatever they're, they're doing, wherever they've got like listings, like go follow them because it's a great way to stay top of mind with them because then you can actually develop a relationship with them. Uh, agents, obviously, um, agents are wonderful. They are, you know, I, I, I am so grateful to, to my agents. I have got some wonderful agents and management companies who are, you know, I've got, uh, I'm with Celia Siegel and I love her. I love Aya and that entire team of them. They're wonderful. Um, they look out for my career you know, just as much as, as DPN does and Agent 99 and, you know, all of my, my agents. So uh, agents are a wonderful place to, to get opportunities. And when you do get in with an agent, develop that relationship. It's not one-sided. Make sure that, you know, and actually that kind of goes across the board. It's all a relationship business. So whether it's your warm market or your agent, make sure that you're developing that relationship with them, like that they know that you're a human being and that you respect them as a human being. Any place that you can forge a genuine connection and relationship is an opportunity for a job. I love it. I love it. You are, I'm, all I'm doing is just nodding, nodding, nodding. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes to that, yes to that. And I can tell you, uh, I'm, so much of what you've just said, I'm going to be touching on at uh, One Voice. So if anyone's coming to One Voice next week, I'm doing a networking, connecting, and lead gen session. And gosh, just really highlighting everything Bridget's saying too. So it's so great to hear that we're aligned. Um, yes. So real quick, we're at the half hour. Wow, this has flown by. Uh, we'll do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties, and this is our final wrap-up as part of our VO 101 series, where we discuss fundamental topics about getting into the voiceover industry. Today, we are discussing the A to Z of getting started in voiceover with Bridget Reel. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and let's get back to the interview. So you've talked to us about finding work. We've talked about Mm -hmm. coaching. We've talked about the studio. So Mm -hmm. I think what I want to ask you about next is you know, I contacted my local dentist and they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. We'd like to use you for the thing. How on earth do we know what to charge? Like, how do we know rates? Mm-hmm. How do we know? Do I just take it for anything? Cause I need to build up my, my repertoire, my resume. Is there a source that folks that you like to use? Are there multiple sources? Can you speak to rates? Oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of, of places where you can go for rates. Um, and I, I love to give credit where credit is due. I mean, obviously, you know, again, if you don't know what the GVA rate guide is and who David Toback is, welcome to the 21st century. Um, they, David Toback created the GVA rate guide and he is the master. He and, uh, Christina Malizia put it together and they are the masters of it. It is amazing. Um, Many people get confused about rates. Um, And I think, especially people as they're coming up, they're like, I don't get what I'm supposed to be charging. I don't understand this. Like I I look at the rate guide and it just, it all just overwhelms me. One of the simplest things that you can think about when it comes to rates is first and foremost, your session fee. You'll see this, if you have an agent, you'll see, you know, session fee, usage, right? Like you'll have, you'll see that broken down. You should have a session fee. Um, on the low end, it's $150 an hour. That's on the low end. Standard is about two to two fifty an hour or even higher. Um, some will say like two fifty an hour with a two hour minimum. Like you'll see that a lot coming from agents, right? Um, and then on top of that, you're charging usage. Now, some people will say, well, if I'm not going to a studio and they're just using my studio, like I'm just, you know, recording it from home and no one's directing me, is that really, do I need to charge that session fee? Well, yes, because that's you turning on your microphone and you you have to, 
you have spent all of this money on your booth and on your studio and on making sure all of your equipment is top-notch and kept up to date and things like that. There's maintenance involved in that. And in order to do to your, that is funding the maintenance of your, your everyday studio. So um, yes, you should always have a studio fee. Some people like to wrap the studio fee into the rate itself. Understand that different genres of work are going to charge different rates. So the explainer non-broadcast stuff usually is um, like, you know, charged by the minute or um, by the word. Um, most often it's by the minute. And some people will go, okay, up to three minutes, it's going to be this amount. Up to five minutes, it's going to be this amount. Up to seven minutes, it's going to be this amount. And after that, it's going to be this amount. E-learning, e-learning charges by the word. Um, you can do it by the minute as well. Basically, there are 150, the, the average speaker speaks 150 words per minute. If you are speaking quickly, 180 words a minute. So you could take your e-learning for a standard e-learning. It's like 25 cents a word, right? So if you figure 150 words a minute times 0.25, that's like, that's what your, your rate is going to be per minute. That's for standard e-learning. Uh, more complicated nomenclature. So financial, uh, technology, medical, the rates go up. Financial and technology are going to be like a little bit higher, probably about the 35 to 40 cent rate. And we're like medical can get up to 50 cents a word, you know? So, um, and then on top of that, um, you're editing. Like when I do medical narration, I charge a session fee. I charge the per word usage. I charge my editing fee at a three to one ratio. And then I charge my file splits. And the file splits are every time somebody needs to have another file for that one slide of work that I've done, I'm charging them a dollar for that. Um, and something that Christy Bowen uh, taught me ages ago uh, was that numbers and acronyms are each charged per letter. So FBI is three words because it stands for Federal Bureau of Investigation. So I guess it should almost be four words, but FBI. So, you know, three words. Um, 25 is not one word. 25, right? And when you have things like greater than or equal to 9.75, all greater than or equal to 9 point, you know, like all of that. It's all separate words. So break that down. And there is an amazing tool for that to break down your scripts that way. Um, so I know someone's going to like pop it up in the chat because someone's going to love me a lot to like pop that, that uh, tool up in the chat to put your, uh, your script into and break it down. Um, I used to use wordcounter.net and I don't use it anymore. I mean, I do, but I use a different one. I use, hold on, real count is what it's called. It's not mine. It's, it is ratingstone.agmsmith.ca. I'm going to put this in the chat. Forward slash server.01 forward slash word counter. So I'm putting that into the chat as we speak. That thing is amazing because you can put your, your, your voiceover script. It's, it's a voiceover word counter and it breaks down all of the extra words or the hyphenated words and things like that. Um, so there's that. Book some time with David Toback or Maria Pendolino. Maria Pendolino, uh, two years ago, I booked a little bit of time with her. And again, I've been doing this now for 10 years, but I booked some time with her and said, hey, can you and I go over my rate guide? Because I have a small rate guide that gives general rates to people. And I said, you know, like I wanted to make sure that I'm staying current. I'm like, does this look current to you? And um, no, it doesn't do acronyms. You're right, Lynn. Thank you. Um, I booked some time with Maria and she went through my rate guide with me and she was like, this is how I do things. This is how I do things. She also talked to me about impressions with streaming digital. So that's another whole nother factor of charging rates. So I highly recommend booking some time with Maria. Uh, David Toback is also, like I said, he's, he's fantastic with that. Um, and yeah, I think that's most of it. And then when you get into your broadcast stuff, 
turn it over to an agent. There is a, if you have a hefty, chunky, you know, thing, go to an agent, like take that job to an agent and be like, Hey, I got this client who walked in the door and they asked me for uh, this. I need somebody to help me with, um, you know, this rate. Can you help me with this? And if you don't have that, that agent, it's a really good way to get representation because you're building a relationship. You're bringing business into the door for them and they love that. So and I go to my, I go to, to DPN with great questions all the time. Vince and Trish are phenomenal at all of that. So they're my go-tos. All right. I'm going to kind of get off track. We have two questions in the chat that I would like to bring up. Um, Susan asked if you've ever gotten work in the local countries that you've lived in, like locally. I have. Um, I um, actually on the 4th of July, I had um, whenever I move to a country, I always look up dubbing and recording and things like that. I look up like the local studios because, you know, especially like today when I had the electrician here, if I had had some big job, I would have had to go to a studio. So I always look up when I move someplace, like what are the local studios? And um, I'll hit them up and be like, hey, you know, I'm local and just want to see what your rates are for your studio. It's also a good thing to do when you're traveling to another country. Um, just for like fun for a vacation, like always look up like the local studios in the area. And, um, and then I was like, I asked this one guy said, you know, um, I'm a local voice actor. I just want to see what your rates are in case I ever need a studio. I have a home studio. Also, do you keep a, a roster? And he was like, I sure do. I would love an American voice. And on the 4th of July, he hired me. I went into the studio and I've done that in a, in a couple of, of, countries. I, I did that in Portugal, um, did that in Rome. I'm still in touch with all those people. So it's a, a great way to, you know, to, to network for sure. Just got to be mindful that the rates are not always rate, especially in Europe. Rates in Europe can be a little wonky compared to what we're used to in the U.S. Okay. So. Um, and Evan wanted to know if you used an engineer to help you design your studio space. No. Um, you know, I was in, when it came to designing my current studio space, uh, Naz Chaudhry was my inspiration. She posted about her studio space and I was like enamored with it. And I was like, how can I make that here? Um, I take, I take inspiration from everybody. So I go to places and I'm like, Ooh, that's cool. Ooh, I wonder if I can do that. Um, and I, I mean, I did, talk with Jeff at a vocal booth to go. And I was like, here's kind of what I'm thinking of. What do you have that could work? And how can I make this, you know, how, how could I, you know, use this? And so I've gone in there and I swear every time he comes up with a new product, I happen to be like in Maryland and I stop by the the factory and, and he'll show me like what the, the latest and greatest and um, thing that they have is. So I did that. Um, and I, again, just watching what everybody else does, you know, and I'm like, that's cool. I like that. That could be neat. So. Okay. And then um, we had Dan Friedman, Uncle Roy and George the Tech on for three different episodes. So if, oh, um, if anybody does need people. some help with, with their sound of their room, the sound of their recording, those guys are all great to go to go back and listen to those. 100%. Yeah. I, I love all those guys. They're, they're fantastic. Uncle Roy has guided me. Like I, I highly recommend booking some time with him because he will create a stack for you that is just wonderful. And if you want to learn the ins and outs of designing your studio and like want to understand the know-how behind it, Jordan Reynolds Audio Ninja course is phenomenal. And Jordan's just an easy person to listen to. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, moving through our path, um, the next thing we got into a little bit was using social media, branding, being consistent. And uh, we touched on that a little bit with the LinkedIn conversation earlier. There's, we've talked about this before too, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do social media. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Social media is your PR. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, social media is what people are saying about you when you walk out of the room. So if you're not doing it right, it's it can be downright damaging to you. Um, I will admit when I first 
was in getting into voiceover, I was all over social media, like all the time. And I was constantly like putting up new content and stuff like that. Admittedly, when, and this were not to turn the like the conversation negative or sad, but like when my mom was diagnosed with cancer and I went through that entire year of like being removed from my husband and my daughter in Portugal and being stuck in the US and all of that, it like my priorities got shifted in in that sense. So I wasn't posting as much on social media. And then after she passed, I was just like, it's been, it's been a long road to recovery. She, she passed two years ago and it's been a long road to recovery. So I don't think I've ever like picked back up and like gone back with the same gusto that I, I did before. But when I am on social media and I'm, I mean, I'm, well, I'm on social media all the time, probably for all the wrong reasons, because it's a great form of distraction. I have, I am that ADD bunny. Like I, I will go down a rabbit hole of some TikTok and God help me. But when I do post something, I try to make it, I try to be mindful. I try to be thoughtful about it. Um, I don't have to be serious and I don't, I can be playful and I can be goofy and I can be all these things, but I try not to be hurtful in any way. And I try to, you know, bring a little bit of me to the equation. So yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way. I would say, um, and, and I'll, and I'll, honestly, like you want people who are good people to, to like take as, as great uh, uh, role models in the social media game. Our very own booth bestie, Jen Greenfield, is she's phenomenal at it. Um, in the UK market, Leonie Schlesing. She yes. is German, but she is um, living in the UK and her social media game is so on point. Uh, it's wonderful. Well, I want to jump in here yeah. with this conversation because one of the things I do, I enjoy social media and I'm like you sometimes at night, I 100% use it as a distraction. But I think the where this comes into play when we're talking about your voiceover career, and I say this a lot and I never, ever, 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 ever mean it to be um, unkind, is that go if you're going to go into social media, no expectation. If you yes. and Liz, Liz just had a just had a clubhouse the other day. It was an impromptu clubhouse, and she drove this home. And because you know she's doing casting now, and she said, "If you honestly believe casting directors, now are there anomalies? Are there instances? Sure, but if you think casting directors are spending their time scrolling through the billion people that are on TikTok." looking for a duet challenge or they're scrolling through Instagram on the off chance that you, t you know, put this certain hashtag in, you have to, if you're going to go into social media and, and you want, you just want to do it to let people know who you are. If you are going into it, like I'm yes. going to score a job, that's what yes. I would argue is the quote wrong way to go about social media. If your social media content is nothing but I'm a voice actor. Hire me, hire me, hire me. There's right. no engagement there, folks. There's no conversation. I get real passionate about this because like I want to support yes. other actors. I want to support other creatives. But if you're not giving me anything to get to know you, ask me a question. Like let's use these platforms as a way for exposure, but not all about the, you know, the, the, the instant gratification, somebody's going to find me. I mean, that's, we call it American Idol syndrome. You know, where all I need is my right. one chance. All I need, I just need to sing right. the one song. I just need to do the one video. So that's kind of my thing is if you're going to use social media as part of your branding, then let it be about you, but it, let it be all aspects. Spring, just like you said, sprinkle in. Oh yeah. By the way, I do voiceover. It doesn't need to be yeah. jamming it down my throat every day because your audience is not just voice actors. And if it is, you're also missing the mark, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, take, take LinkedIn, for example, right? Like LinkedIn, I, I don't have a connection with a lot of voice actors. Um, I have some, but I have to know who you are before I'm going to connect with you there because really that's more of like a professional social media. And so you want to make sure that it's, you're, you're tailoring it to it. So understand what the purpose of each platform is in that sense. Be yourself. Let people know that you are a human being. It's the same thing as with like 
uh, when I connect with somebody on LinkedIn, and I know there's like there's there's theories on both sides of, of whether or not you send a note when you send a connection. I personally do not because it does not feel authentic to me. To me, it feels spammy. And like how often when you're on, you know, when you're going through your inbox, do you see these like, you, you see this like, you know, email in your spam box, like, hey, looked at your website, looked really great, but it doesn't seem like it's, you know, doing well in Google. Can I help you with that? And I'm like, delete, like, I don't even read it. Like, I just see what I can tell what's coming. And so when I see things like that on LinkedIn, it, it gives me the same kind of eh, kind of feeling. And so for me, it doesn't feel authentic. Now, that's not to disparage anybody who does do that. Like, I know Tracy Lindley is very much a person who who will send, you know, the connection with a note. I've had a few occasions where it made sense when somebody sent a note to me or when I've sent a note to someone saying, hey, you know, just like following up, we were, you know, talking on blah, 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 you know, just so they know that I'm the person. Most of the time it it feels very inauthentic. And I think that's what a lot of people do with social media is they make it all about their business and it becomes very inauthentic. It becomes it becomes nothing but a great big, I got my hand out. Like, do you want can can I have a job? Can you, you know, offer me something? Like be a real individual. Show people who you are. Show them what other things that you do. You know, there's so many examples of people who, yeah, they do stuff in the booth. But they also show like the not so pretty side when they're screwing it up. They show when they're goofing, they're, they're goofing it up. You know, they're, they're showing when, um, you know, they're doing stuff with their family that they're going out there, you know, there, there's a wide variety of things that they're, they're showing. So yeah, when you do that, it's, it's really, I think much more beneficial. And when you interact on social media, you need to be authentic. So don't just do the like, like emoji or the, you know, like heart emoji or whatever. And don't just do, you know, a lot of people love to just throw a sticker on something or throw a, you know, which is, can be funny in the moment. Like, but sometimes write an actual comment, write something that adds value to the, to the conversation that the the person's trying to have. Like, even if it's a question, you know, like, and then if somebody engages on you, if you engage with someone on their comment, you know, on their story or their, their post, um, or if somebody does that with you, engage back with them because that actually does trigger the algorithm. That actually does have a bearing and an, an impact on the algorithm. Yeah. And one of the things that is a pet peeve of mine, if you're going to just comment, great, or congratulations, or awesome, <laughs> watch the video read the article, please actually have done something with it. Don't just comment just to have your name on the post. Yes. That's, that's I'm so here, disingenuous. I'm, like, I'm sitting here on Zoom, like my hands are like going out, like pointing <laughs> at Chad going, yes, 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 that, that. Like, absolutely. Like, you know, do whatever the person has posted, you know, talked about, yeah. Like, if you're going to engage, engage, you know, go full Picard, you know, like, <laughs> yes, Come <on>. done. <laughs> so, and let them know that you saw it. Like, let them know that you read it. Let them know that you listened to it. Pick out what your favorite part of the, the demo was and tell them what you liked and why you liked it. I love watching Paul Strick Word's videos. But I will yeah. always watch the entire thing to the end. And when I make a comment, it's about what he said. Like, not just a, a yes. thumbs up or a great point. You know, mean it. <laughs> right. So let's keep going down your path. I mean, we this has been absolutely amazing. And we're almost at the hour, but I want to ask you more questions. So, so go for it. So so here okay. we are. So we we've we decide we want to be in voiceover. We have done some coaching. We've spent the money. We've invested in the space. We are starting to market ourselves, whether in, you know, direct marketing, uh, online casting, et cetera. Maybe I'm booking mm -hmm. a little work. I've done all this. How important are demos at this point? And, 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 you know, do I ever really need to get a demo? I mean, am I, if I'm auditioning, what does the demo do for me? So <clears throat> the demo is important. Um, I do believe that I'm, I am a proponent of the demo being important. Um, it's the way to get in with agents. 
And you really have to look at your business as a multi-layered onion. Like there's so many different places where you need to be found. And that's the name of the game is finding all the different places where you can be found. So whether that's on online casting or um, whether that's with an agent or whatever. So, but getting the demo is really important for the agent first and foremost. It's also really important for your website because you should have a good website and your demo should be right there. It should also, there should be a link to it, an ability to find it on your signature, on your email. So you should have a customized signature on your email, um, whether you get that through Canva or Stamp. If you're on an online casting site, that, if you're on Badalgo, you have to have a, a, you know, professionally produced demo. Like that's what that Armin expects of you. He vets people. And um, it's, I think it's wonderful that he vets people the way that he does. With V123 uh, and some of the other online casting sites, there is an opportunity that if, you know, you're like, I'm, I don't have the money quite yet for the demo. The nice thing is there are the options, in, especially I've seen it in V123. I haven't been on Voices in forever in a day. It's been years and years since I've been on any other online casting sites other than V123 and Bidalgo. But um, on V123, when you're looking at the auditions, there's an opportunity where it says like, can use this in your portfolio, can use this audition. So if you don't yet have a a demo, but you want to have a sample, if you've recorded something and you think it sounds really good, get some ears on it from, you know, some reputable sources of people. They can say like, is this a good sample? Does it sound like good to you? Does this sound like I'm, you know, giving a good delivery? And then use that as a sample that you can put up on, you know, your V123 or even like, Vocwent or any of those kinds of sites. But I think the demo definitely gets your foot in the door with agents and on your your website and for direct marketing. Uh, Certainly on LinkedIn, I take my demos and I make headliner.app videos with them. And then I have those, uh, they're living on YouTube, but I have links to them on the featured section of my LinkedIn profile. So that at any time, somebody, if I've, you know, been engaging with people on LinkedIn and they go back to my uh, my profile, they'll be like, oh, she's a voice actor. Oh, I wonder what she sounds like. And they can instantly go to that. Uh, voice Sam, you know, those, that's the places where, where you can use that, that professional demo for, for that. And it, and it's to your, uh, to your benefit, unless you have a background in audio engineering and mixing and media production, I don't recommend making your own demo. I just don't. Um, whatever country you live in, get somebody to do your demo. You know, um, in the UK, it, the, the cost of demos in the UK is much lower than it is in the US, but the UK market and the US market are not the same. So a US based demo producer is going to understand the US based market and are going to write scripts that are, are tailored towards the US based market. So there is that. Um, the UK market is going to understand the UK market better in in that sense. Um, so yeah, did I answer the question? Yes, you did. <laughs> so okay. so yeah, so yeah, no, and I think you know, I think there's an understanding. But again, we want to wrap everything up. We want to make sure if there's anyone new or who hasn't started with us from the beginning of the series, this is our wrap up, and that demos do have a place. They are important, and they are they going are. to you know understand that. There aren't levels in this industry. And what I mean by that is Mm -hmm. you don't get to audition for the beginner VO jobs if you're a beginner VO. You don't get to audition for the advanced uh, VO jobs, right? You could be a month in and you're submitting against JT, against me, against Bridget. So what Mm -hmm. elevates you? What one, I mean, obviously it's the coaching and again, the hustle but you have to be competitive. You have to present yourself mm-hmm. at the same level as in as as industry pros. And I mean that means you've you're you're in it, you're making, you know, money, you've got client lists, you've been doing this. So I think that's an important part of representing yourself as someone who has made the investment, has done the work. So the final question we want to ask um, as part of all this is we've done everything. And we're sending our, and and now we've done our demo and we're sending it to our dentist and we're sending it to, you know, all the people that we know and we're trying to book work. Do I need a website? Yes. 
Why? Why? You need, you need to be found. I mean, you can, you, can you get away with not doing a website? Sure. But again, there's a, there are thousands of us. And while there are people who are like, oh, I just don't want to have to do this. Oh, I don't, no one's ever going to find me through my, yes, they will. If one person finds you through your website, then two people can find you through your website. Then three people can find you through your website. You need to be found everywhere. You need to be, I mean, you need to be selective about, you know, what brands and things like that you you associate yourself with when it comes to like online casting and whatnot. But like, you need to be able to be found. And that website is your direct SEO. Like that is the, the, the place where Google is going to find you. If you are listed on online casting sites, like, you know, on, on Voices or V123 or Badalgo or anything like that, then when you do a search for you, the first place that you're going to pop up is there. And what's getting the SEO first is those sites. Your website is your personal direct SEO. That is where people can find you. And you need to be searchable and findable as, as in as many places as humanly possible. One thing I tell people all the time who are starting out when it comes to a website, there are four things that are really paramount. I want you to imagine that you go to, someone goes to your website, right? Like someone's doing a search for you and they're like, okay, I need, you know, middle-aged female warm voice, right? You got three here that in this, you know, got se several here, but like you got three in the Zoom room here that, that all fit that bill. And say someone like sees that and they pop up like, okay, they get 12 people who fit the, you know, warm middle-aged female voice and they pop them all up into separate tabs. On average, you have about 30 seconds to about 30 seconds to maybe a minute of the person's attention because you are an e-commerce site. Your website is your e-commerce site. So if your information is not like attractive and thorough and, and clear to the person who is buying from you, who is potentially buying their services from you, then you're at a disadvantage. So I want you to imagine that the person goes to your tab and they have no interest in scrolling or worse, their computer freezes up and they can't scroll. The person needs to know who you are, what services you offer, what you sound like, and how they can actually reach out to you. And that, and let's pretend that those buttons disengage, that they're not working. So having just a contact button on your, on the top of your website before you scroll is not going to be enough. You should have your email address and possibly, if you're comfortable with it, your phone number. But imagine because you got, especially if someone's got 12 different female voice actors up there on, you know, those tabs up there, don't send them off to Badalgo or V123 or Voices or any of the other online casting sites because then they might go, oh, well, okay, she sounds good, but let's see what else they have in there. Your website is just you. It's just for you. It's your personalized SEO. So make sure that it, it serves you well. And we're all just nodding <laughs> as if everyone <laughs> in the room can see us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that pretty much covers our path from beginning to end. All so. of the topics that we covered are available as a podcast replay. You can find those, of course, on our website. You can find those on YouTube uh, or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And I know we're a little bit over, but before you go, um, we need to me. ask you three for fun questions because that's what we do. Three. Yay! <laughs> I like for fun. Okay. So our first question is, mm -hmm. what singer, band, or composer are you most enjoying right now? Ooh, what am I most enjoying right now? Oh, you know, um, my son and my daughter, or my son and, well, my, my kids were in town for the 4th of July, and my son's girlfriend took me to the Odessa live experience movie, and I had, and I'm a former rave girl, so, like, <laughs> that's a whole thing, like, um, and, but I had never heard Odessa before. <sighs> I love Odessa. They're EDM. So they're just magical. If you've never heard them, check them out. I will have to check that out. And if you're a podcast person, what podcast have you been listening to lately? Ooh, I like um, the, oh, I'm going to say it wrong. The, well, I've got two podcasts. One I'm going to give credit to Kayla Jackson for, which is Book Talk for, Book Talk 
for Book Talk, which is about, uh, it's a podcast reviewing books and it's reviewing the um, A Court of Thorn and Roses. And I listen to it religiously because I'm reading the series right now. Um, but for VO stuff, Karen and Jamie's VO Breakfast podcast, is that, I'm, I'm getting the name wrong. VO Bre- Breakfast I'm going to, I'm going to look it up because I can't, can't, this will drive me absolutely up a wall. Um, The VO Breakfast Show. That's what it is. Okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) All right. And the the final question and the best question is, what is your favorite dessert? (sighs) Oh, dear Lord. (sighs) What is it today? Um, As I am a dessert girl all day long. Um. I am a sucker for some really good chocolate fudgy brownies. I love mm. chocolate fudgy brownies. However, I currently live in a country that is big on rhubarb. And I love rhubarb because it brings me back to my childhood. And what I have been craving like crazy and can't find anywhere is like a strawberry rhubarb pie. I love really? strawberry rhubarb. They yeah. don't they don't mix they, it with strawberry? They they don't they don't mix it they put it in like pastries here which is weird and when I lived in Belgium they had like strawberry rhubarb crumble and it was like oh so good so good. like you know it's like a healthy version of a sour patch kid it's phenomenal but no I can't find it anywhere here makes me sad. I don't I don't remember if now if I actually thought about it I don't even remember pie at all I mean I've lived in Europe twice too not as much, but I mean I don't even remember pie. I think that's an American they thing. It's they do. They have crumbles and torts and things well, like that, but I it's not quite as the yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not as much of a thing. I think it's. I think you're right. I think it is more of an American thing. I did get a cherry pie though. That was good. I do pie, pie is yummy. But yeah, I I've been lately. I have been wanting a strawberry rhubarb pie, and like my birthday's coming up at the end of the month, and I'm like, I have got to figure. I need a good recipe for that. So. Uh, yeah, I used to make one. I'll see if I can still find it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you will get such a, I will like, you know, hug you to death when I see you. If you can find <laughs> the recipe, that'd be amazing. Okay. We just want to thank everybody in the audience for joining us each week. We appreciate your support so much. Be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn. Join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays, like I said, are all available to listen to on our website boothbesties.com on YouTube podcasts or anywhere else you find your favorite podcast. Be sure to share your comments, like, and subscribe and sign up for the VO Booth Besties Monday newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. You'll find a link to discounts from our affiliate partners there as well. We are excited to share that on Monday, this is actually pretty cool, uh, we have a panel of Latin American voice actors who are going to join us. Uh, It's going to be a panel and we will have five incredible bilingual voice actors to discuss uh, inclusion, representation, um, what we're seeing in the industry right now for LATAM voice actors. So definitely join us. And just as a reminder, everyone, we're not going anywhere. Just our VO 101 specific series has come to a close. We have, we feel we have exhausted the path and the way to get there. And so we really hope that you will utilize our website, our previous podcast, you know, connect with the speakers. If you have questions on, you know, getting started or leveling up, we've got that for you. So we're still going to be around once a week. And so join us Monday. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.